So one of the more effective things I've done in leadership is something called an improvement plan. And primarily it's used for people who are underperforming either operationally or relationally. So operationally is, you know, ultimately that means the number they own um, (coughs) typically isn't being owned very well. They're not hitting it or there's some operating thing they're doing in the business. They're late to meetings. They aren't hitting their numbers. They are doing whatever. Relationally is, you know, the way they're going about interacting with clients, team members, etc. isn't good, isn't on spec with our core values, which is not taking ourselves too seriously and being transparent. Uh, So an improvement plan would come when someone has a low score or high violation in one of those two areas. We think about it like a fault line. You can do lots of things, some okay, some fantastic, and all that's okay. That's expected. But if things are below a certain level, they're below the fault line, then those are just deal breakers. No matter how many things you have above the fault line, you could have 100 things you do fantastically well, 10 things you do okay, and one thing that's below the fault line, and that becomes a deal breaker. That becomes a deal like if that doesn't improve, you know, you can't be here anymore. So at that point of realizing, ooh, there's an item below the fault line, will trigger a constructive exercise in order to get that particular item above the fault line. And we call that an improvement plan. And the improvement plan usually has a couple parts. Part number one is an explicitly very clear and crunchy laid out exactly the areas. And usually there's two to three things specific that they need to improve on. Below the fault line, get it above the fault line. Uh, so that might be, hey, you're late to meetings. Uh, you're not doing what you said you would do, and the number you own is off spec and has been for a long time. Those things are deal breakers. They must improve. So very unambiguous. Uh, you can be kind and cl- kind and clear, uh, but very clear. There should be no ambiguity once the person has been given their improvement plan, what they need to improve on, and how you're going to measure whether the item's improved on. So if you're trying to improve showing up on time, it could be, hey, you're expected to be in the Zoom room one minute before every meeting. And it is a deal breaker if you're there one minute after and not one minute before. Something like that. I don't think I've ever given one on being late, (laughs) but you get the point. Uh, It could be any number of things, but you unambiguously, part one, state what the item is. Part two, state uh, what the measurement of improvement will be. Part number three, you state the cadence of that measurement. So it could be, hey, every day you're going to check in with me and report on these three areas and give me your stats, give me your report on these three specific things and how you improve them. Part number four is something we've changed recently, which is I used to write out their plan for them. I would give them the problems. I would give them the measurements. I would give them the timeline, the cadence of reporting, and then I would tell them what they're going to do in order to achieve it. However, I've stopped doing that, actually. Now, I give them those things, and then they are to come back to me within 24 hours with their plan to make to fix those things. So it's their plan, not my plan. Now, I will, when they come back, we'll have another Zoom call, go over their plan, uh, make sure they're understanding of these things, make sure they're understanding of the measurements, make sure they're understanding of the cadence of reporting that I have prescribed to them, Then they present to me their plan for fixing these things. And I get to, we both, by the end of the call, want to be greenlit on the plan. We both want to be, yep, that sounds good. Reporting daily, reporting weekly. Here's the measurements. Here's the things that are off spec. And here's my plan to accomplish it. I need to look at the plan and be like, yep, that'll work. They need to look at the plan and be like, yep, I made that. That'll work. And off to the races. Most improvement plans are in the two to four week range. Don't really want them going much longer than that. Ideally, they can be shorter than that. Just depending on the nature of the things that are off spec as to how long uh, the plan is. 
But the goal of the plan is really one of two things. It's either to eject them out of the company or to in push them further into the company. And it's kind of 50-50 in my experience whether people eject at that point. Uh, had one earlier this year with a coach who was not performing well, not showing up well, not doing his job very well. We made it unambiguously and kindly clear what the areas were, what the measurements were, what the communication rhythm was. He went home, made the improvement plan, came back and said, hey, actually, upon further consideration, I don't think this is a good fit. And we're still on good terms and everything. Communicate. But it was great. It, it got a decision made. Are you either going to level up or leave? So improvement plans have been fantastic. Um, it gives a very crunchy, specific deliverable to them. Because, man, one of the most frustrating things is when you know something is off, but you can't articulate what it is, an improvement plan forces you to get down on paper exactly what's wrong, exactly how you're going to measure whether it's right uh, and puts the ball in their court to make a plan to fix it. It doesn't force you to fix them. It forces them to acknowledge where they're off and fix it. So all done kindly, all done clearly, all done with high emotional intelligence and with good, uh, what's the word? I don't know. If they decide to eject, you're still in good terms. There's no reason to not work together and not like each other. So, and I found this kind of thing, high performers, the people that you really want, when they get one of these, they rise to the occasion. The people that aren't, they leave every time. And that's way better to know than not know. So improvement plans, love them. Four parts, work really well. Next time you get someone below the fault line in an area, go make one, give it to them, try it out. Most coaches and consultants who have a resource that they give away online aren't leveraging their thank you page, also referred to as a confirmation page, the way they should. Your thank you page is actually an opportunity to generate additional traffic to your website if you do the right things to make it go viral. This month only, I'm giving away my viral thank you page playbook, which includes everything you need to make your thank you page become a viral traffic source to your website, resulting in a lot more leads for you. You can grab it for free this month only at growthtools.com forward slash free. Again, that's growthtools.com forward slash free.